subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck Podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute, yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. This is like catching a big brown trout on the White River. I've always wanted this. Give me the hogs, Chuck. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're here. As a new week begins on the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast, it's going to be hot, but there's going to be football by the end of the week. The Razorbacks report to camp later this week. If you follow high school football, preseason practice actually begins today. And, man, I hope everybody's had plenty of water. I mean, this is Fayetteville, people. 99 today and tomorrow, 102 on Wednesday, 103 on Thursday, 101 on Friday. Might get down to 90 by Sunday is what they're saying right now. So um, it is going to be hot for everybody. Just think about all the guys out there that are going to be practicing football over the course of the next several days. Razorbacks are going to be out on the field Friday, from what I understand. And they're going at, you know, 250 in the afternoon it'll be plenty toasty then but i got to thinking about it you know they play labor day weekend at three o'clock in little rock it's going to be pretty toasty in little rock down on that field on labor day weekend so actually what they experience at the end of this week may be very similar to what they experienced that weekend for the for the opener so who knows um but I'm glad I don't have to be out there in it. So uh, that's how we start on the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast today. Now, we're going to do something a little bit different today and as we move through the week as well. We are going to take a little bit closer look at some of Arkansas's opponents this year. We're going to talk to the radio voices of these particular teams. We'll hear a little bit about the team, a little bit about working with a coach, a little bit about their experience and how they got to where they are. And we're going to begin today with Chris Blair, uh, who is the voice of the LSU Tigers. Uh, Chris is in his eighth season as the voice of the LSU Tigers. He came over from Georgia Southern. And good guy, good broadcaster. He's got some thoughts on the LSU team this year, a little bit about Brian Kelly, and then a little bit about him. So we're going to get into all of that as we move through the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast today. As always, we're presented by Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. And, and let's just start right here. If you were in the market to buy or sell a home, Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, is the name you need to remember. It is really the only name you need to remember because here's what happens when you partner with an agent from Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. Get the best train in the business. Nobody trains their agents better than Weicker. And you're going to get somebody that does this every day. It's a full-time job. It is not a side gig. They study the market every morning when they get up. Because as we read about the housing market, it's different from place to place. It's different if you are within the sound of my voice right now. It's different in every single spot. And so you've got to have somebody that's well-nuanced, someone that understands that market, someone who can represent you well, whether you are a buyer or a seller. Now, they've got offices in Fayetteville, Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They're servicing southwest Missouri now from their office in Branson. And you can always log on to WeikerGriffin.com. Well, Chuck, 
Chuck, it's good to hear you, man. <laughs> good to talk to you, Chuck. <laughs> it's always good to hear your voice. Can't wait to, I'm um, hearing it on Saturday afternoon. Now I'm Won't ready be for long. football. <laughs> Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. During the summer months, I know many of you are active, going to the lake, going to the beach, and if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and you can get 50% off your order right now using the code HTL50. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus, they have over 34 weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right with Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. That's Factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. Looks like he wants to run. Coming near side. Pulled down from behind and dropped. Harold Perkins Jr. As much speed as Hornsby pulls him down. Chris, I don't know how many times you called Harold Perkins' name that day, but it seemed like every time the ball was snapped, number 40 was making a play. He was was great that day, and we all have chances to call games for exciting players, and I guess he's one of them for you. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's one of those days where you you, you kind of keep thinking to yourself, this defensive player, one guy on the defense is actually impacting the game probably, and, and really, I thought, more so than anybody else uh, on offense or defense or special teams. I mean, it was he was a, a one-man wrecking crew on that particular day, and frankly, without him being there, uh, LSU doesn't win that game, doesn't even win it close. You know, I can remember at the end of the broadcast, and I'm sure you guys do this too, we name our star of the game, and it's always one of our guys. But everybody knew who the star of that game was. And I can remember thinking at the time, gosh, it's almost a joke to name anybody but Harold Perkins the star of the game. I mean, he was just uh, he was just that great. Chris Blair joins us, the voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers. Arkansas opens conference play with LSU this year. Chris, I'm used to being in Baton Rouge in November, and I know you've gotten used to being in Fayetteville in November. This is going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm sure it's going to be hot and conference opener, so it's uh, it's certainly going to have a little bit different feel. Certainly, Chuck. Thanks for having me on. And I tell you, that's probably the, the thing that stood out to me the most when the schedules came out. I thought to myself, you know, I really enjoy – going to Northwest Arkansas when I've been going the last several years, as you alluded to, later in the season. It's a little bit of a relief. We actually get to, to wear some layers, which is rare. And uh, I thought, my goodness, we're going to play in Baton Rouge at that time of the year. It's going to be another scorcher. So uh, i got to admit, you know, if, if you got to go on the road and play Arkansas, 
Uh, I'd much rather do it when we normally play it. So this is going to be a lot different than uh, I could do without the heat. You know, I always like coming to Baton Rouge in November because it's cold here by then, and it's always a little bit warmer in Baton Rouge. I know it's going to be blistering that day. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is your eighth season? This will be your eighth season behind the mic for LSU? Is that right? You are correct. Yeah, it'll be the eighth season starting with football. Um, started with baseball back in 2016 and, and then got on the, got on the merry-go-round, if you will, uh, for the full season starting there in the fall of 2016. So uh, it's hard to believe. I mean, it really feels like, like yesterday, and I know we all say that, but it, but it really is true. You look up and, and you've done four years, you've done six years, and, and now you're headed towards, uh, you know, 10 years somewhere. So I'm, I'm extremely lucky, extremely blessed, um, and excited about, about this season, um, you know, just simply because of what Brian Kelly's been able to do in year one and setting in a new foundation that was, you know, let's be honest, frankly, desperately needed uh, following the, the, the meteoric 2019 season. Things really dropped off. Um, you know, in 20 and 21. So I'm uh, excited for, for year number eight and, uh, you know, hope to do this uh, like we all do for, for a long, long time. Brian Kelly seems to have found his footing, and it really didn't take him long to do it. You know, there was the narrative when he was hired that he was a fish out of water, and he might not have helped himself at the very beginning. But after that early loss to Florida State, it seemed like, he began to, you know, operate on firmer ground. You've got a closer vantage point, obviously, than just about anybody else. What was your sense as the season went on and how he gained his footing as the head of that program? Well, you know, Chuck, I want to take you back a little bit because you will understand this, and you may be able to convey this uh, to your listeners. If you've ever, uh, uh, you know, had a microphone in a public venue, a large venue, Sometimes there may be a slight delay in you talking into the mic and then you hearing yourself come back. We call that, obviously, delay in the business, and it can wreck somebody who's trying to do uh, any type of audio performance, singing, talking, whatever it may be. And that night that Brian Kelly was introduced at the Maravich Center, I've, I've, I've held the mic inside the Maravich Center. I've talked in there at certain events, and there is a slight delay, and it takes a little getting used to. And early on when he started talking, I realized sitting 10 feet from him, wait a minute, that looks like it's bothering him a little bit. I don't think anybody prepared him for that. And for me, the family remark that made a lot of news, certainly outside of Louisiana more so than in the state, um, I kind of chalked it up to that. Now, again, I thought he's done a great job of just kind of playing with it, uh, having fun with it, and, and not taking himself too seriously. But the truth of the matter is, I don't think he was trying to do a fake accent. I think he was he was off. He was talking and he was hearing himself later. But nonetheless, um, you know, he came in and, and after that Florida State game, of course, you know, the expectations at LSU were high and you didn't have a good first half. You you rallied in the second half and came up, you know, a point away from, from at least sending it to overtime. And there was, again, a lot of questions. Um, but the day he was announced, uh, you know, I obviously, like all of us in the business, know who Brian Kelly is. We knew what he did at Notre Dame. But I really had not dug into his overall record. And I started going back the day he was hired and, and looked at his career, really, from the start as a head coach. And I thought to myself, 
if you've been at these many places for over 30 years and you've got a winning percentage and a number of wins, more so than any other active Division One head coach, you obviously have a system. And you probably have worked on that system for the last three decades. Now you're putting him in LSU where you don't have to get on a plane and fly to Los Angeles or the West Coast or the Pacific Northwest or the Northeast or wherever those recruiting beds are from South Bend, Indiana. Uh, you can draw a circle around a 120-mile radius of Baton Rouge and you can find some of the best talent in the country. If you put his plan, his formula, his foundation and then give him student-athletes that are on par with the top teams in the country year in and year out, um, you don't have to be very smart. You don't have to be a great prognosticator to figure out this guy might have success here, good chance to have success. So the night I introduced him to the alumni group uh, the day he was announced, I said there's been people say he may not be a fit, but all you have to do to fit at LSU is win. And I think he's got a chance to do just that. And, of course, all of that within the state and the fan base is gone because he went on to have the season he had last year and win the SEC West in year number one. So uh, that, you know, double-edged sword, that means those expectations now are even higher than they were a year ago. Um, They don't give you three years to ramp up here at LSU. Really, they don't do that anywhere in the SEC, as you well know. Um, So, um, you know, but I – Watching the foundations, the systems he has in place, when I go to the football operations center now, when you see people in the hallway or going from room to room, there's just a different air about the purpose they have. They are moving with a purpose. They're going from point A to point B. Uh, and frankly, the radio guy doesn't need to be over there you know, trying to chit-chat and, and talk shop. They're, they're busy, and they're working. And to me, that's a good thing. And I think from a athletic department, Everybody who touches football in big ways, small ways, doesn't matter. That kind of rubs off on everybody, and everybody starts pulling the rope in the right direction, same direction, rather, and and doing it with everything they have every single day. So uh, I think he not only raises football's expectations, but I think he's helped raise expectations um, across the athletic department. Kim Mulkey, no different. Jay Johnson at baseball, no different. I think these these people with their systems – their expectations and what they do every single day makes all of us a lot better. You mentioned women's basketball and baseball. In light of that, what is the expectation for LSU football this year? Well, we joke, and and Brian, again, Brian's got a great sense of humor, so he was the first to say, uh, you know, I'm not not silly. I have noticed that – Jay and Kim won won championships titles in their in their second year. Um, you know, but I, I think most fans understand uh, that a it's not easy to win a title in any sport. Uh, the SEC, when it comes to football, let's face it, there's really no argument. It's it's the best conference on the planet, um, and everybody athletic department builds facilities, and everybody's athletic department hires the best coaches. They fight tooth and nail over recruits and. Um, you know, a, a brutal SEC schedule is guaranteed every single year for every team. Uh, but there is there is a little bit of a you know I'd be lying if I if I said there wasn't some rumbling out there that is this a chance for him to to do what Jay and Kim did? Um, you know, we'll see. But uh, it's a tough schedule, as, as I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, but that that has been floated. You can hear it, and uh, I'm sure you're going to hear it get louder as we get closer to kickoff. 
visiting with Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers. He's our guest on the Give Me the Hawks Chuck podcast. You know, I want to talk to you about the battle for the boot. One of the things that I thought was interesting, when the SEC announced their 2024 schedule and they put on the big television production, and they talked about the rivalry games that would be protected, well, the battle for the boot was one of them. I have to be honest with you and tell you that I was a little bit surprised that it figured so prominently. What's the LSU view on this game? What's the LSU view on the battle for the boot? Is it a rivalry? You know, we face a similar game with Missouri here that maybe not, it's not viewed quite the same way in Arkansas as maybe it is in Missouri. I've wondered if it's that way when you compare Arkansas and LSU. What's the feeling from the LSU fan base about this battle for the boot? You know, it's interesting, Chuck. I had the same thought. Uh, actually, you know, the day they announced the 24 schedule, and even days leading up to it, thinking, okay, you keep hearing from the office, the SEC office, that they certainly are, are taking in consideration uh, maintaining those those natural rivalry games. And you begin to look around and you think to yourself, if you're LSU, how many natural rivalries really are there? Um, and that's kind of changed decade to decade. I mean, you know, if you talk to LSU fans that were around in the 60s and maybe early 70s. I mean, it was LSU and Ole Miss. If you talk to people in the 80s and 90s, you'll get a different answer. I don't know that there really was one that stood out as a rivalry. Uh, certainly the 2000s and Alabama and LSU, that, that became a rivalry. But there, there's, it's not to the level, and LSU fans may disagree with me on this, but it's not to the level of, of Alabama-Auburn. Uh, you know, South Carolina, Clemson, uh, Oklahoma, and, and you know, I mean, and, and Texas. I mean, it's there's really none of those. But to your point, I, I was a bit surprised that they they maintain Arkansas and LSU. And I and I feel like, for right or wrong, that probably there there's a sense from LSU fans that Arkansas takes that rivalry more serious than LSU. I don't know if that's true. I know that when they don't have the boot in Baton Rouge. Uh, they're, they're not happy about it. So that, that, that says something about the rivalry. Um, but I think as we move into this new age, as these conferences get bigger, and I think we're just on the march to, to a handful of super conferences down the road in the coming years, uh, I think it's a chance to maybe even add to the lore of certain rivalries. And if, and if the Arkansas-LSU rivalry had not been kept intact moving forward in the SEC, then I think you're you're looking at maybe LSU and Alabama, and that's it. Um, and and I think rivalries and and trying to build rivalries and pit fan bases against each other make it big events. It's good for both teams. It's good for both stadiums, uh, unless you're Florida and Georgia and you play at a neutral site, um, which I also think will change. Um, but but I think it's good for television, and we all know what's good for television is good for conferences. So I was also surprised but also pleased that we're going to continue the battle of the boot. And I may be in the minority here in the state of Louisiana, but I don't know that I that deep down inside I'm in the minority. All right, I want to talk about you for a minute because I think your story is an interesting one. Am I accurate in saying you're a radio lifer? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in it. Um, I've got a scar that is uh, it started right above my right eye. It's now down around my mustache area. 
of uh, playing with a yardstick in my dad's radio station when I was about three years old, running up and down the hallway, and it caught the floor and snapped and went right above my eye. And um, I'm reminded by my mother um, quite a bit about that, but uh, spent basically every day after school inside one of my dad's radio stations, depending on where he was, and, uh, you know, grew up around it, grew up around DJs when they played records, you know, the the vinyl things for the youngsters out there, uh, the round things that you put on a platter. Um, and, you know, really didn't want to have anything to do with the business because that's what Dad did and uh, never really thought about doing it myself. And certainly my mom didn't want me to have anything to do with it. <laughs> and, um, you know, went to school to get a, a government degree and go on to law school. That was the plan in college. And my freshman year, uh, my dad called and said, hey, one of their high school football broadcasters had back surgery and was going to be out for uh, several weeks. And having played football, he thought, you know, you want to come up here and, and help fill in for a couple of games? I said, sure. That, what else am I going to get into trouble on campus if I didn't, didn't come and do those games? So uh, did that, and a couple of weeks later, I got a check in my mailbox at my apartment, and I thought, what is this for? And I called Dad. I said, what's this check for? I had worked for Dad since I was about 14, but I didn't work for him when I was in college. And he said, well, that's for the games you did. And I thought, wait a minute, you paid me to come up there and call a football game? <laughs> and so that kind of put two and two together, and um, and suddenly, again, having grown up in the state of Kentucky, I, you know, my dad thought Kaywood Ledford was was bar excellence and and you know he was in my house that was kind of a soundtrack in my house you know year round from football to, to basketball and I knew how my dad held Kaywood in such high regard and then as I got older I was introduced to John Wooden um um I'm excuse me John Wooden um Woody Durham I should say Woody Durham from North Carolina uh, we moved to South Carolina when I was in high school. I got to know uh, the voice of Bob Fulton. Uh, when I got into the business, I decided to, to ask to, to help put cables together and help produce things and ended up uh, getting to work with the Clemson Sports Network and getting to be around the great, late, great Jim Phillips, who was a longtime voice of the Clemson Tigers. And suddenly it just, uh, I guess you probably felt a similar feeling um it's kind of a bug that bites you and infects you and next thing you know you think this is what you want to do and like i said i'm blessed to be able to do what i want to do and as a kid in kentucky growing up listening to kaywood leopard i I never dreamed i would be uh doing a similar job in baton rouge louisiana um and it's it's i guess you could say a dream come true it was a, a dream that probably didn't hit me till later in my college years but then, like I said, when you get that fever, it's really all you can think about. And that's all I wanted to do. And, and I was blessed enough that LSU gave me the call, and, and here I am. All right, the LSU job comes open. Legendary broadcaster Jim Hawthorne retires. You are at Georgia Southern at the time. Take us through all that. Your arrival ultimately at Baton Rouge is the voice of the Tigers. Yeah, I'm doing basketball in Monroe, Louisiana. We're taking on ULM on a Saturday. And the Georgia Southern SID and one other staffer and I go out to some sports restaurant there in Monroe. And and I wish I could remember the name of it. 
and we're just uh, I'm having crawfish for the first time in my life. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time on the Carolina coast, so anything that comes out of the water, I'm pretty much game for. So I thought, you know what? I've never run into a crawfish, so let's order a platter. So this is late February of 2015, and I get a call from a friend of mine who you know, West Durham, a longtime voice of the Atlanta Falcons. He's on the ACC Network, does ESPN Television now. And he says, where are you? And I said, I'm in Monroe, Louisiana. He goes, well, said, uh, I guess you heard Jim Hawthorne announced he's going to hang it up after next year. And I said, no, I actually didn't hear that. I was on a plane and then got checked into the hotel, and now I'm sitting at a sports bar in Monroe eating crawfish. Um, and he said, you know, that's a, that's a great job. That's, that's a state, that's a school where radio really matters. And you don't want to do TV for some dumb reason, but if you want to do radio, that's probably one of those places where it still is a big deal. So I said, okay, um, let me get back to South Georgia on Monday or Sunday when we get back, and then I'll, I'll try to figure out how to, you know, get this thing started. So uh, I, I did that on Monday and found out where you sent everything to and put some highlights together on an MP3 and a resume together and, and sent it off on a wing and a prayer. And then it's radio silence from late February all through March, all through April. And then just before Memorial Day weekend in May, I get a call that says, hey, we'd like for you to come and visit for two days on campus and meet some of the people. And I said, yep, I'll be there. And that was the second week of June and came to Baton Rouge. And I'll never forget, landed at the Baton Rouge airport. I'm going down I-110 towards downtown. I can see the Louisiana State Capitol. And my, I called my wife, and I said, hey, I'm here, and everything was good. Flight's good. I'm headed towards the hotel. And, baby, I can tell you right now, if they offer me this job within the next 48 hours, I'm going to take it. And she said, what? You've been on the ground five minutes. I said, yeah, I just, I said, the, the, the geography we're used to, uh, southeast Georgia is very similar. It's a coastal area. There's heat. There's humidity. Um, there's, a, there's a vibe that you get, you know. Uh, family gatherings, friend gatherings, and and food and music. Uh, It's just part of the lifestyle. And I said, I I can tell you, just going through the airport, getting in the rental car and driving through downtown, I already got that sense. And uh, as it would turn out, they didn't offer me the job in the first 48 hours. Um, But I just wanted her to be prepared that I thought, this is is the one. And I spent two days here on campus and, and met the coaches at the time, Les Miles, uh, Coach Paul Maneri, um, Johnny Jones was coaching basketball at the time, uh, met the administration, went through all of that, and um, then uh, flew back home. And and then again, uh, about two weeks, and then you get a call that says, we'd like for you to join us here at LSU. And I said, uh, tell me when, and I'll be there. And as it turned out, Jim was going to do that final football season uh, of 2015, and men's basketball for 2015-16. And they said, we'd like you to come down in, in December. That way we can get you in an office. We can get you acclimated. You get to meet the people. You can be around gym, uh, go to the games, and then get ready for baseball 2016. So uh, uh, December 7th, the day that lives in infamy, I packed everything up I had in Statesboro, Georgia, and 
drove 11 plus hours to Baton Rouge and and uh, been here ever since. <laughs> At LSU, and this is one of the reasons I've always thought it was one of the really good jobs in our business. You get to call national championships. The national championship is headed back to Baton Rouge. 2019. I mean, you're what, in your third year? And you get to call a football national championship. And you called a baseball national championship this past year. I ask because I've not had the opportunity yet. And it sounds like a simpleton question. But what were those moments like for you, not just... Chris Blair, the human being, but the broadcaster and combining all the emotion that had to be rushing through you right then. You know, it's funny. I had somebody ask me that just a week or so ago. And um, it's, I I know you know this feeling. It's really hard to describe, but um, I remember the first game I did at Georgia Southern, um, another proud football program. Uh, There was just this you have butterflies, and then you have this this distance between having natural butterflies and being nervous about or anxious about something, and then panic attacks. So there's this there's this gap, and you know to do this job successfully, you, you've got to be able to manage that pretty early on. And so the first broadcast I did, first Division One college broadcast I did, was a football game at Georgia Southern, and I remember that feeling that was like, okay, I got to get we got to get the kickoff. Get the kickoff, and then this thing. Then you. Then the minutia takes over. You got You got to call the action. You got to see who's it running back. I mean, you don't really have time to be nervous, but that anticipation is what you're waiting to get over. And you know, I, I, after a handful of games at Georgia Southern, you really don't even think about it again. And that's really the case that it was. You know, when I got to to LSU, I, I kind of had gotten over those those uh, anxious moments. But when you go into a game um, like 2019 at the at the Dome against Clemson, and then just you know a month or so ago against Florida in a in a winner take all game three, I, I'll be honest with you that, that initial butterfly anxiousness that that builds in that game, and then you have to again mentally say, hey, we got to get to first pitch, and once first pitch hits, then we can get into a groove. But what's different about those championship games, again, just for me, is when you get to the end of the game, whether it's a close game or whether really in both situations, for me, the game was in hand for both the 2019 football title and baseball. Those last couple of moments, that feeling really comes back. And you're really, it's like being a pilot trying to get a plane on the ground. You're trying to hold everything together. You're trying to keep your readings together. You're paying attention to the guys that are working with you in the booth. Everything gets magnified a little bit. And I'd be lying if if I said otherwise, if I said it was just, you know, you sit there and you're cool, calm, and collected. And I'm sure there's some people much better than I that do it that way. It just, that's not how I'm wired. And it's, it's, it's a rush of adrenaline. And uh, I'll never forget, and I'm sure Doug won't mind me telling this, Doug Thompson, I think, was going through the same thing. So there we are sitting in the booth in Omaha, both trying to keep it together, keep it between the ditches. And we go into that bottom of the ninth inning in commercial break. And Doug, of course, played at LSU for the great Skip Bertman. He threw the final pitch and strike out to win the 97 World Series. I mean, he's got blood, sweat, and tears in this program. I'm just, I'm just a guy yapping my gums. He looks at me and he goes, hey, look, 
I don't know that I'm going to be able to talk here. And if, if this works the way I think it's going to work, so just be aware of that. And um, and true to form, I could see him getting emotional, and I was like, all right, I got to put the the blockers on. I got to get tunnel vision. I got to look straight at home plate. <laughs> I got to be locked in because if he loses it, I'm going to lose it, and it's going to be a we're going to be a laughing stock. So. Um, you know, to answer your question, I, I, I'd be lying if there wasn't just a little more nervous, anxiousness, butterflies that hit in that moment. But one of the things that helps me and was something my dad told me a long time ago that he was told when he first started broadcasting back in the 60s um, is that when you turn that mic on, think of it as you talking to one person, That's no matter how many people are listening. Just think of you talking to one person. And so that's something that constantly comes back in my head in those particular moments is I'm just trying to explain to one human being what I'm seeing and what's happening right now, and that's something that helps me. All right, I got one more question before we go. Do you hand write out your spotting board, or do you use a laptop? You know, I'm a hybrid. Um, I, okay. I actually... I can uh, accept that. A, I, 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 yeah, I have, a, I have a spreadsheet that helps me. Basically, I, I'll be honest, it's, it's somewhat because I'm a procrastinator by na- nature, and in this job you can't do that. And so to help me overcome that and have everything on schedule leading up, especially to a football game, is I got a spreadsheet that I had a friend of mine help me design that gives me all the basics. The, the the Joe Friday dragnet, who, what, when, where. It's got number, it's got name, it's got hometown, and it's got, um, you know, height and weight and all that stuff. And then everything else from stats to accolades to awards to, you know, uh, an incredible game last week against this team, all of that I hand write. And that was advice I was given by the great Woody Durham, and you know it as well as anybody that if you write something, you actually are, are helping your brain learn it twice uh, in that moment alone when you're writing it down. You're, you're concentrating on writing it, plus you're retaining it. And so I didn't want to have all of it typed on so that it was just there because then you have to go back and memorize it. I would much rather just know the number, know the name, have that all taken care of. And then if there's somebody who has to move up the depth chart or somebody gets injured, it's just me moving one box with my mouse and putting another box in there. And then I print it off and then actually go into what that individual player has done. So that's my way of doing it. And uh, a little old school, but I'd be lying again if I said I didn't go a little new school to make it easier. Well, you're a little more new school than I am. I'm I'm still the oldest school. I think it. Uh, if I were to be real honest about it, Chris, you're really a lot of fun to visit with, and uh, appreciate the job that you do. You've really, you've really done a terrific job at LSU at a place where radio still does matter. And um, so, congratulations on that, and look forward to seeing you in September. You know, Chuck, I want to say this before we go. One of the things I really enjoy, and I'm sure you do too, is the friendships I get to make of broadcasters that I admired. Um, and you're one of those. And, and, and again, just to be able to call you a friend and come over, and we don't get enough time to spend together, but we do get some moments before games and at the tournaments. Um, and, 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 again, you've always been super great to me, and you're, you're fantastic at what you do. And 
in regards to the old school new new school, I've got to say you must have a much better handwriting than I, because <laughs> I was told years ago I should be a doctor writing prescriptions. So if I wrote everything out, I don't know that I could read it. Well, I run into that from time to time, truth be told. But, uh, Chris, thanks again. Great to visit with you. and look forward to seeing you in Baton Rouge. Let's do it. We'll see you in short. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. Uh, thanks again to Chris Blair, uh, voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers, and uh, he's the first of several SEC voices we're going to talk with over the course of the next month. Want to visit with all of them as we move through the next month, get you ready for the season. Sam Pittman's going to meet with the media on Wednesday. We'll have some stuff on that later in the week. And again, the Razorbacks reporting by the end of the week, and they'll be on the field by the weekend. So it is here from a player's perspective. It is right around the corner for us from a game's perspective. And if you are into college football and you're already looking at the lines, you need to download the Bet Saracen app. If you've not done so, you need to do it today. You can already play the numbers on week one. This is Vegas, Arkansas style. And you're going to find out very quickly why it's Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. Now, I know there are Vegas odds, but I know if you're going to play them legally, you've got to be in Vegas. And I also know there are laws in our state that keep a lot of these national betting apps from operating within our state. So if you're going to be the best informed and the best prepared, and if you are one of those who likes to make a wager on the game you're watching, you do need to download the Bet Saracen app. If you've not done so, do it today. There's a how-to-play video. They'll get you ready at the Bet Saracen app. Right, lots more football as we move through the week. I got a feeling conference realignment still going to be at the forefront nationally. There may be some things develop on that Wednesday in terms of the Big Ten. At least that's what the rumor mill's saying. We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll talk about that. We'll talk more about the Hogs. We've been here a while today. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. Go to hitthatline.com or search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and share. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.